So next Sunday is Easter. And uh, if you think it's packed in here now, wait. And so um, it's, it's a fun time. We're actually going to have four different services on that day. Uh, but, but I want to encourage you today to think of someone that you could invite for next Sunday. And uh, this is probably my favorite Easter invite video of all time. visitors come because someone personally invited them. All people need to feel loved and wanted, and for some people, it just takes having someone offer to give them a ride to church. We have something great going on at this church. People's lives are being transformed by God's love. Your homework this week is to find at least one person who could use a little more of that love and invite them to come with you next week. Trust me, it's worth the extra effort. Mrs. Edwards, you want to listen to some music on the way? Go ahead, your choice. <sighs> okay, here we are. So most of you know we have a Spanish service here also. At, it's at 9.30. Um, do you want to see the video that we show in the Spanish? It's pretty awesome. You get the idea. <laughs> it's it's uh, the reason we, so, so let me show you, um, if you're a Facebook person, if you're on Facebook, we have a Easter set up as an event for next week. We've got uh, three services in English. We have one in Spanish. The English are going to be 8 and 9.30 at the other end of the building, and then the 11 o'clock is going to be in here. The Spanish will be in here at 9.30, and so if you would do us a favor, if you're on Facebook, and go to our face, the church's Facebook and just uh, select that you're going, that sets in uh, 
sets in motion some algorithms that we can't buy. And so even with us spending money, we can't reach people that would be reached if you'll just say you're going. And that, that helps us get the word out to a ton more people. So if you would do that, that would be uh, fantastic. Also, uh, coming up this Friday, we have a Good Friday service. And we've, this is only the second time we've ever done it. It's going to be Friday at 7. We're doing something we've never done before. We actually have seven different people speaking. And uh, so you're like, we're going to be there till midnight. We're not. Uh, it's, it's, they're each going to go for about three minutes, but it's, I'm so excited. We have some powerful speakers. It's going to be so good. So Friday at 7 in here, and then Sunday uh, 8, 9.30, and 11. So if you would not mind sharing that on Facebook, uh, tweeting it, Instagramming it, share it to the gram, uh, tweet it to, uh, what else? You can snap it. You can make a TikTok. Um, or you can just go old school and call someone on the phone and say, hey, uh, you want to go with me to church? Like, there's a lot of different ways you can do it, all right? So today is Palm Sunday, and uh, with this, just, just tell them I'm busy. Okay, whoever that is, tell them I'll call them back. All right. Today is Palm Sunday, and this is the remembrance of what we call the triumphal entry that Jesus made into Jerusalem. And so this is the beginning of the final week of Jesus' life on earth and he's making his way into Jerusalem knowing he's going to be crucified. And the people, we call it Palm Sunday because they were laying tree palms on the ground, uh, at kind of at like a gentleman would lay his coat on the ground for a woman to walk over. It's kind of like that, uh, receiving Jesus and honoring him. And when, now, now we have the benefit of hindsight. We can look back and understand what Jesus was saying, why he was saying it, what he was doing. But back then, they didn't know exactly what was happening. They were just living it in the moment. And so uh, occupied Jerusalem was not a happy place. And so here comes this young rabbi. He's doing miracles. Uh, people think he's a prophet. He might be the son of God. He might be the long-awaited Messiah. And they're excited because he's coming, and they're thinking he's going to set up his kingdom, and he's going to kick the occupying Romans out. These brutal Romans were occupying Jerusalem. And so in the United States, uh, we don't really have a reference for this uh, because we're a free country. But, and, and so, but in Jerusalem, they were uh, highly oppressed, and they were highly taxed. And I know that some of you are like, well, when I go to the gas pump, there's a lot of taxes. Okay, this was very different, all right? That's, a, you know, that's a, that can, our economy. This was very different. They were brutally oppressed. And Jesus walks into this environment, and the first thing he does on his way is he raises his best friend Lazarus from the dead. Now, Lazarus has been dead for four days. So Jesus' popularity skyrockets. People are all talking about him. His popularity is at an all-time high, and this is where the story picks up. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the feast heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. So Jesus is this young uh, rabbi, kind of like a, a, a pastor, and he's coming into, and people think he's the prophet, he might be the Messiah, but they're not really interested in any of that. We see what they're interested in by those last three words. They say, blessed is the king of Israel. The people love Jesus because what they think he's going to do for them. They think he's going to set them free. They're saying, Jesus, you're amazing, you're awesome, because you're about to do something for me. Have you ever had someone love you because of what you did for them? But as soon as you stopped doing that for them, they stopped loving you. Like, as long as you're taking care of them, as long as you're there for them, as long as you're giving them what they need, as long as they can borrow a few bucks, as long as they can text you, maybe stop by, 
see you, you up, what you doing? It's two o'clock in the morning, I'm asleep, cochino, you nasty. As long as you don't say anything about the way they live, they love you. But that's not love. Love gives. What that is, is that's taking, not giving. The people love Jesus because they think he's about to do something for them. And, and notice what they yell. They yell, Hosanna. Hosanna is a very loaded word. Number one, it's a shout of praise. They're saying, you're great. We love you. It's a celebration term. So they're singing, they're dancing, they're celebrating. So this is probably, this, is, this scene is from the movie uh, Son of God, and this is probably what that scene looked like. catch that they're shouting hosanna hosanna they're celebrating now if this that that's how it happened in jerusalem in israel if if the celebrating would have happened in other parts of the world this might have been what the dancing looked like Doesn't that guy seem like fun? <laughs> I, I, love, I love that video because it shows people in all different colors and all different ethnicities and all different uh, areas celebrating. And, and I love it because in Revelation chapter 7, it says, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. So one day, people from every tribe, language, color, and culture are all going to stand shoulder to shoulder in front of the throne of Jesus, and we're going to worship him, and people are going to be worshiping in different languages, and they're going to be dancing, and they're going to be celebrating. And I love that picture because Jesus loves everyone, even the people that you don't like, that group that you don't like, that make you uncomfortable. Jesus really loves them too. And so I'm looking forward to that day, but I was thinking about it, and I was like, what would that have looked like if Jesus had rode into Greeley? And this is my, just my best guess. This isn't in the Bible, okay? Just my best guess about what that might have looked like.
Some of you are like, those are my cousins. Yeah, I, I know, I know, right? You get the idea. It's a celebration. People are shouting Hosanna, but, but Hosanna had a second meaning. Hosanna was also a cry for help, and ho the word Hosanna in Psalm 118 is translated into this, save now. In other words, it's save us, Lord. Save us now. So some people in the crowd are, are shouting this Hosanna, meaning save us, God. Rescue us from the Romans. Rescue us from our oppressors. The other group are shouting Hosanna. It's a cry of praise, and it's a cry of victory. But what if Jesus is asking for more than just a cheer or a dance or even a shout? What if, what if the people are, are crying out for the wrong thing? See, the people are asking for relief and comfort, and they're wanting their lives to get easier and better. And isn't that so much of our prayer? God, can you just make my life easier and better? Like, God, if you get rid of my boss, like, I don't mean kill him, but if he could eat, like, a bad burrito and just be gone for a week, that'd really be nice. My mother-in-law could eat some old egg salad, that'd be nice. Like, you know what I mean? Like, God, just make my life easier and better. You know God doesn't answer that prayer? Have you noticed that? You know that's true because you've prayed for that lottery, man. God, please. I promise I'll give half to the church. Okay, not half to the church. I mean, I don't want to lie, God. I'm in my prayer. I just, I'll, give, I'll give 10%. You know what, God? I'll, I'll just, I'll get Angel some new, some new clothes so he doesn't feel so insecure when these babies get dedicated. That's what I'll do, God. I promise, right? Like, but, but what if what if God's plan for your life is not just easier and better? What if he has something bigger in mind? What if he has a bigger mission than your comfort? We see it in his prayer. It's the Our Father prayer, which many of you probably have memorized. You might know this prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I like the way the message version says it. This is what it says. Our Father in heaven, reveal who you are. Set the world right. There's the entire mission of Jesus in four words. He came to set the world right. He came to do what's best above and below. The great American philosopher, Chris Rock, uh, years ago, this was before Will Smith slapped the smile off his face, all right? And then Chris slapped him back on his, did you see? Anyway, okay. Um, he used to go around saying, that ain't right. Whenever he saw something he didn't like, he'd say, that ain't right. And he got famous for saying, that ain't right, that ain't right. And that's kind of what Jesus did. He's saying, Lord, set the world right. This, this, this is more than just a, a prayer for us to memorize because God has given us the mandate, the ability, the call, the invitation, and the authority to partner with him to set the world right. Because if we look around, we can see that the world is not right. You don't have to look very far to see that families have been torn apart by divorce, and I'm not talking about whose fault, it doesn't matter. Whenever, someone, whenever there's a divorce, there's a ripping that happens, and it's painful. And we say, Lord, this isn't right. Set the world right. When we see people around us struggling with addictions, we say, Lord, set the world right. When fentanyl overdoses are off the charts in our community, we pray, Lord, this isn't right. Set the world right. Young people, teenagers who have so much life to live, taking their own lives because they feel hopeless, Lord, this is wrong. Set the world 
right. Friends and family that we care about and we love, we know are on, an, on their way to an eternity without Christ. We say, Lord, help us to set the world right. Because we look around and we say, somebody's got to do something about this. And God says, yeah, I, I, I am doing something about this. I called you, but we're too busy sitting on our hands, crying out Hosanna, saying, Lord, save us, make my life easier and better. See, Jesus rode into town on a Monday and the people were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna. But by Friday, they're shouting, crucify him, crucify him. How did that happen? How does somebody fall so fast from everybody's grace? Well, he's not the only one. At the end of World War I, President Woodrow Wilson helped bring an end to the war. And, and people were so excited and hopeful that the war was over. They said it was the war to end all wars. And they said this will be the last war that anyone ever fights because it was so horrific. And they thought the world is going to have lasting peace now. And after the war, everywhere he went, crowds of people met him. In New York City, they did a ticker tape parade, and people lined the streets and cheered for him. Woodrow, Woodrow, President Wilson. And he visited Paris, and he was greeted by these cheering mobs. England, same thing. Italy, the same thing. Everywhere he went, people were cheering for him and celebrating him. But it lasted less than a year. In Europe, the political leaders started to argue again. That would eventually lead to World War II. At home, he had huge opposition in the Senate. And all of this stress and all of this, the pressure of it all, in September 1919, right here in Pueblo, he had a, a stroke. And he never really recovered. Four years later, he died broken and defeated. It's a sad story. When Jesus became a public figure, his popularity took off, and people were celebrating him. And even when he tried to be alone, there would be crowds of people that would come find him, and thousands of people were following him, and everybody wanted something from him. And, and for Woodrow Wilson, it took a year. For Jesus, it took a week. A week later. Why did people do that? Why did they turn against him so fast? It's because he didn't give them what they wanted. They wanted easier and better. He didn't, they didn't, he didn't do what they wanted. They wanted him to kick the Romans out. But God has a bigger, higher plan. Maybe he has a bigger, higher plan for you. And this isn't something we just see with Jesus. We see this throughout the Bible. Paul talking to his young apprentice, his young protege, Timothy. I noticed this first in, in, our, in our Bible study small group that we have. First Timothy chapter 1, Paul is talking to his, his he's almost like Paul is the mentor and Timothy's the mentee. And he's talking to him, and he says, to, Tim, to Timothy, my true son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. As I urged you when I went into Macedonia, stay there in Ephesus so that you may command certain people not to teach false doctrines any longer or to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogy. He says, stay there, Timothy. I know you want to leave. I know it's getting hard. I know you'd rather get away from there, but I need you to stay there and do the hard things and set the world right in Ephesus. In other words, he says, your life's not about to get easier and better. It's going to get harder, but this is God's plan for your life. Kind of like when Jesus said, set the world right. Paul's telling Timothy, Set the world right. Maybe that needs to be our prayer. And, and, and even if our life doesn't get easier, we say, Lord, do what's best. Set the world right, and in my life, do what's best. Some, sometimes do what's best is not 
do what's comfortable or do what I like. So a few years ago, uh, my, so my son, Josiah, he teaches uh, science at Winograd, and uh, he's always been into animals, always been into science. He's always loved that stuff. So a few years ago, a giraffe was being born at a zoo, I think it was in Cleveland, and, and they had a live camera of the giraffe giving birth. And I'm not an agricultural person, you know what I mean? I watch that stuff, and I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, even my own kids, I was like, oh, I mean, this is beautiful. Ah, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's hard. Anyway, I'm being vulnerable. So this draft, so we're going to watch the video of it. I'm just kidding. We're not, right? This draft gives birth, and, and he actually gives birth on, uh, she, he, <laughs> she gives birth on concrete. And so this baby draft falls seven feet onto the concrete. And the reason giraffes give birth standing up like that is so that the umbilical cord will break and the baby will start to breathe. And so it's an incredible, like by design, God did this so that the baby would start breathing. And I want to, immediately, as soon as this baby giraffe was born, the mom uh, makes it stand up. So now this, we're going to watch a video, and this baby giraffe is literally minutes old, all right? Watch what the mom does to the baby giraffe, who is, again, minutes old. Okay. Um. Oh, thank you. Isn't that mean? Doesn't that seem like a mean thing to do? Like that baby just got here. You know, she's new here. All right. And doesn't understand anything that's happening. Doesn't, and, and what does the mom do? She starts kicking her. Like, go. Keep going. And the baby's like, this isn't what I envisioned. See, I thought I'd get a bottle and a blankie. Maybe I'll get snuggled. Some people are going to come over and take some pictures of me. But that's not what's happening. The mom immediately starts to kick the baby. And maybe you've prayed and said, God, Hosanna, make my life easier and better. And all you got was, has anybody else ever experienced God doing that in your life? You say, God, I want things to get easier and better. And God says, okay, boom. Why do giraffes kick their babies? Are they crazy? Are they mean? Here's why. Because lions love to eat baby giraffes. So that mama knows this giraffe has got to become mobile fast. It's not going to get easy and better. That little baby giraffe's life is about to get harder because that baby giraffe has an enemy. And in 1 Peter, Peter tells us, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, your enemy, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He's looking for you. He wants to wreck your life. And if all we do is sit on our hands and say, God, make my life easier and better, we are easy targets for the enemy. And as soon as God doesn't do what we ask him to do, the enemy shows up and he creates bitterness in our hearts. And we say, then we look at God and say, you are not just. You are not a good father. You don't love me. That's the enemy talking. God says, be alert and of sober mind. In other words, 
get ready. Boom. Start moving. Boom. Start reading your Bible. Boom. I want someone to read it to me. Okay, you can do that on the YouVersion app. You can, anyway, right? Start studying. Start praying. I'm in this church and I'm not growing and I'm not being fed. Now I want to. Anyway. That's how you get a free jujitsu lesson right there. Come tell me that. I'm not being fed in this church. I'll be like, okay, then I'm done. Anyway, God has a better plan. But it takes us recognizing maybe my life is not all about easier and better. Maybe it's about staying in Ephesus and doing the hard stuff. Staying where you're at. Maybe, maybe the word for you today is stay there in your family and keep fighting for them. Do the hard stuff. Stay in your marriage. Go to counseling. Do the hard stuff. Maybe it's don't give up on those kids, right? Sometimes you think the enemy wants my kids. That's not true. He doesn't want them. You don't even want them half the time, right? <laughs> but he wants to derail their lives. And if you're not fighting for them, who will? If you're not praying for them, who will? If you're not encouraging them, who will? It's got to be us. Stay there and do the hard stuff. Maybe it's stay at your job. I don't know. I don't know what your job situation. And you're thinking, maybe I should leave. Maybe I should stay. I don't know. Maybe he's telling you, fight it out. Do the hard stuff. Maybe it's financial. I don't know. I don't know what your situation is. But I do know this. God is consistent. And this is how he raises his kids. Because we have an enemy. And he doesn't want us to be taken out. So he pushes us. I wish it was more cuddling. I wish it was more hugging. A lot of times it's kicking and pushing. That's okay. It's making you better. It's making you stronger. So we're going to pray. And, and uh, before we pray, I want to pray for the names on that cross. If you walked in, maybe you saw that cross. It's covered with hundreds of names. And these are people that we've been praying for over the last few months, people that are far from God and, and need Jesus in their lives. So we're going to pray over them, that, those names one more time. And I'm going to pray that God would give you an opportunity to invite that friend next week. Somehow, some way, uh, you'd have a conversation with them. Somehow, some way, God would soften their heart. And somehow, some way, they would show up here next week. They would hear the gospel that Jesus loves them. That he's not angry at them, he's not upset at them, hasn't turned his back on them that he desperately loves them and he has a plan for them. And I really believe that because you and I are partnering together and we're seasoning it with prayer that God is going to have, there are going to be people in heaven for eternity because of what we do next week. Let's pray. Father, I pray for every name on that cross, every person who's far from you, who's struggling, who's, who needs you. I pray that this week, Lord, somehow you would soften their hearts and give us an opportunity to reach out, to text them, to message them, to somehow, some way, invite them to service next week. I also pray, Father, that you would help us to persevere, that you would help us to stay in our, each of our Ephesuses, and that we would do the hard stuff. Whatever you're calling us to do, Lord, would you strengthen us? If we need a little kick, would you give us a kick? And would you show us, God, how to do the hard stuff, how to persevere, and how to help set the world right? Would you set the world right in our lives? We trust you, put our faith in you, Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand and sing this last song with us, last chorus with us? Hallelujah. You have won the 
you might have been sitting there in that service, the service today, and saying in your heart, you know what, God, how can I partner with you in making this world right if my life isn't even right with you? And so we never like to end a service without giving you an opportunity to do just that. So we're going to just say a simple prayer. There's nothing, nothing magical about the words. It's just your heart behind them. And so if everyone would just close their eyes and bow their head and say this prayer with me. God, I believe that you love me. I know I'm a sinner. And I ask for your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus paid the debt in full when he died on the cross. I accept you today as my Lord and Savior. Help me to live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that, you may be seated. If you said that prayer today for the first time, I want to say congratulations. Welcome to the family of God. We are so excited that you decided to take that step. If you did say that prayer for the first time, if you would please take out your smartphone and just scan the QR code that is on the screen and click um, New Believer. We just want to send you something in the mail just to help you on your salvation journey. Uh, just help you along, show you what you need to do, that kind of thing. Also, if this is your first time here with us, I want to say welcome to Mosaic. We are so glad that you decided to join us today. If you would also take out your smartphone and scan this QR code, click on first time visitor. We just want to send you some information of how you can get involved and uh, just a little bit more information about Mosaic. If you are not into technology, you can also go to the info center. There is a paper card that you can fill out there. Before we go on with the rest of our worship, we have a couple of quick announcements. We have our Good Friday service this Friday at 7 p.m. It is going to be a good time. We have some little surprises for you, so please make it out. It's going to be so fun. Um, and just, just a reminder of what Jesus did for us. It's going to be a good time. And also, our Easter service, 8 o'clock. It's going to be a family services, so there is no child care on that service. There's our 9 o'clock here in this sanctuary in Spanish, 9.30 on the other end, and then 11 a.m. So make sure you invite your friends and your family out. It is the easiest day to invite someone out, so make sure you do that. Now we're going to just continue with our worship with our giving. So if you've been involved in our Discover class, you know that 10% of everything that comes in, we give away. We give to local missions, uh, national missions, international missions, because we are a generous church, but we are only able to do that with your help. And so I just encourage you today just to continue to be faithful in your giving as we're able to make an impact in our community. If you want to give this morning, you can give in four ways. There's a little black box in the foyer you can give physically. Um, you can give online at goodlymosaic.com. You can text any amount to 84321, or you can give on the Church Center app. Let's just pray over this morning's tithe and offering. Dear God, I just thank you. I thank you for your blessings. I thank you, God, for providing for us every day. And I thank you for your people and their generosity, Lord God. 
I just pray that you continue to bless them, that you continue to provide for them, Lord God. And I just pray over this morning's offering, Lord God. I pray that you multiply it, Lord God, that it would be used just to further your kingdom, Lord Jesus. And I just pray right now for your people as they leave this place today. I pray, Lord God, that this message would stay upon their hearts, Lord God, and that they would just be reminded of their friends and their family that need you set opportunities for them to speak to them about you and to invite them to our Easter service, Lord. I just pray they would go with our, go with each and every person, Lord God. I pray your blessings upon them. In your name, amen. If you need prayer today, we are going to have a prayer team up here in the front. So please make sure you make your way up to the front if you need extra prayer. And with that mosaic, have a great week. We will see you Friday or Sunday.